Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncork. This is Holly. And this is Gina. And oh my God, we just finished the most amazing interview with who? Mindy Kniss. Oh, I thought I thought the with who was a question for me, but no. No question for you. I just wanted to take <laughs> the thunder. <laughs> you know, this is how it always works. This is how it always works. I mean, uh, and yeah. I think Minnie's interview is actually a great illustration of this. Actually. I, I think so too, yes, actually. I, know, I, know. I mean, was she not the most uh, delight and delightful individual ever? Incredible. Incredible and woman, incredible story, incredible talent, incredibly smart. Holy sh! I know. I felt Let- like a dummy in there. <laughs> I felt never like feel, a dummy. never compare yourself because we're going to come up short every time, Gina. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tell you ow. with all of our guests. That's what I mean. Oh, with the guests, with the guests, right. not, yes. not not all the time. No, no. Okay, because I think in some cases I might be winning around here. Well, let me talk about her a little bit, and then Please. we can just uh, circle back up yeah. on how fabulous uh, she was and all the gifts that she bestowed on our yeah. audience. Yeah. Okay, so Mindy Kniz is an MFA, a PhD, and it, that I mean MFA is a Master's in Fine Arts. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's an entrepreneur, professional coach, writer, speaker, and award-winning humanitarian. Right. She left a cushy Fortune 100 career for the adventure of entrepreneurship, but the adventure almost ended soon after she started her business in 2007. Mindy hit rock bottom financially. She talks about that. Mm-hmm. And was living out of her office after facing eviction, foreclosure, and bankruptcy. Yeah. Fast forward to today, Mindy is CEO and founder of Lucra a coaching firm devoted to helping entrepreneurs create wealth in all areas of life. She is the creator of the annual Heart Path Retreat, along with the multiple online training programs for entrepreneurs, coaches, and speakers. Mindy was the recipient of the prestigious Global Health Fellowship based on her work with women and children in developing countries. She lived in East Africa and worked on HIV AIDS prevention initiatives. Mm. She's the host of the Lucrative Society, a podcast which debuted in the top 20 entrepreneurial podcasts on iTunes. Mindy is the author of the best-selling book, The Heart of Consciousness. Her second book is actually, she's penning it now and it will be... Available soon. She said it was titled Heart Path. Yes. And Mindy appeared in the movies The Abundance Factor 2015 and Impact Post Production. Mm -hmm. Listen, I I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, (laughs) I found more, I mean, more important attributes that I, (laughs) that I, Yes, personally um, say at the beginning of the show when yeah. I introduce her, but yeah. that is... I mean, you know, they're a little self-serving yours, but uh, I, I mean, mean, a little. You know, isn't it all about me at the end of the day? <laughs> this time, though, I think that she put you on the couch. I, she did. I mean, she, she put did. you on the couch. She did. She was uh, therapizing you. Yeah, a therapizing? A, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I had rebranding. I might as well rebrand therapist, too, <laughs> yes. as therapizing. Yes, she rebranded uh, another word, everybody, so, you know... Um, we should probably keep that word, do you think? It's really good. Okay. Okay. I actually, this one I agree this, with. She never agrees with me. <laughs> I will eventually get there on the Mindy others, ins- but this one was an immediate yes. Well, yes. And Mindy inspired that thought. Yeah. Mindy inspired a lot of thoughts. We hope that she inspires a lot in you. She is the cross between just badass boss coming from a very mind-centered to refocused to heart-centered and leading yeah. other people to find their purpose and their passion and she's all in. She's the real deal. And I just think she's a generous spirit and yeah. a beautiful person. And probably one of the most resilient people I've we've talked to in a 
in the podcast. Absolutely. I mean, we've had some great stories and some beautiful paths that everyone has walked with resilience for sure in there. But but Mindy's story is full of resilience and just the humans. It's a great example of the human spirit just to get back up and keep going. I love it. Enjoy everyone. Here we go. Welcome everyone to LOA Uncorked with Holly and Gina. We're excited you've joined us for a conversation to unleash your inner badassery and uncork your magic. This is the no bullshit, all truth, nothing but fun podcast. And don't worry, we've got you. You are our VIP. Gina, 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 we have a badass boss in the house today. I know. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I got my notepad ready. Okay, I'm really excited. Me too. Okay, so listen. Yeah. Before we introduce who she is, I'm going to tell you why I love her so much, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And you'll never guess. And I'll bet you she's never ever, and she's been interviewed a gazillion times. Oh, you're trying to look at yeah, my notes. I didn't write it down. I'm a cheater. Don't cheat. Okay, so, <laughs> so I didn't even write it down. Okay. And so right. I bet that nobody has ever said that they love you for this, Mindy. Oh, oh Lord. Whoops. Okay, that's your first name. All right. So <laughs> cats out of the bag, sorta, but not really. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, I love her first. I'm going to count the ways. Okay. A oh, wow. Is she has a podcast, which we'll introduce, yes. and she interviewed her accountant. Oh, Lord. I love her because she interviewed her accountant, uh-huh. okay? Says you know the what? former CFO. Right, uh-huh. and CPA uh-huh. and accountant, uh-huh. okay? So I'm just saying if uh-huh. more badass bosses like her- Acknowledge it, the uh, power the of the accounting. The power, <laughs> the genius of the accountant. Yeah. I could have been famous a long time yes. ago, Tina. I'm yes. just saying. I see you know? that now. So mm-hmm. I have true love and passion for her, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. And well. then, of course, she loves Sedona and our heart is a Sedona. Sedona. Oh, Sedona. And I mean, there's so many more. Okay. And like she, mm. she resonates. The badass bossness keeps going. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me mm-hmm. just keep going. So yeah, she's keep the going. author mm-hmm. of a best selling book. You're going to have heart- to pick this up because this is an hour long show and you could just, I mean, I could go, go the through all the ways with her and not even talk to her. <laughs> yeah. It's there's sort, a lot of ways. It's keep going. sort of true. Yeah. Okay. So she's the author of a best selling book, The Heart of Consciousness, which she's re released in 2020. Yes. We're going to talk about that. Brilliant. She's the host of the Lucra Life podcast, which is Gina International. Yes. And it's a chart topper. I know. One day we can One day. I was going to say, I know. We have her up on our little vision board. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. LOA and Cork down here off the vision board in the Lucra Lucra Life. Life up there. Yep. All right. So (laughs) listen, she calls and has branded the Lucra. Mm -hmm. I call it the empire. Uh She can call it whatever she wants, but Uh she's got... A three-step process, <laughs> which is yep. the Heart Path Retreats, which yes. are in Sedona, which looks completely yeah. amazing. In and person. I, yeah. I think you can get on board oh. on that still. It's amazing. Okay. And that place is just magical. Go yep. back to our episode that we actually recorded in the We'll vortex. put it in the notes. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. And then she has online courses, Lucra courses mm-hmm. for mastery. And then the Lucra Collective, which yes. I love having a community. I do. Yeah, for sure. We need one too, Gina. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, Again, back to the vision board. Yep. Anyway, she teaches how to become a, a masterful speaker yeah. and a coach. Yes. And her name is Mindy Kniss. And she is in the LOA Uncork 
house today. Welcome, badass empire boss, Mindy. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what she ate or drank this morning, Mindy, but listen, that was, if you listen to all the intros, that was a big one. That was a big one. <laughs> I was about to say that is literally wow. the best introduction I have ever had in oh. my entire life. So thank amazing. you. Yeah, You're amazing. You're welcome. Starting out with accounting. I just should start off with accounting. Always every... start with accounting I and then it, and work down from there. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Good. Well, welcome, Mindy. We are so, as you heard, incredibly excited to have you here today and uh, grateful that you're you're joining the audience today and sharing some of your wisdom and feedback uh, with them, your story. Well, so, I'm delighted um, to be here. Thank you so much. Already the energy course. is hot. So let's, let's I know. Work. We'll we'll work with. Okay. I will try not to be the bummer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> spit this up. You're never a bummer. So here's what we we typically like to start our podcast, uh, Mindy, with just kind of a brief overview of you, the things that the kind of core tenets of who you are you feel like it would be important for the audience to know about you before we kind of enter in the conversation today. So whatever those things are for you, if you kind of share a bit about the milestones of Mindy, that would be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So I started out early in my life, always doing the things that I really enjoyed, really loved to do. For me, that was being in the outdoors, doing camping, adventure type trips, that kind of stuff. And eventually, though, that wasn't paying the bills, that wasn't, you know, paying off my student loans, all of that stuff. So I thought, you know what, I probably need to get a quote unquote real job, which I did. I ended up working for a Fortune 100 company. And while it was great in the sense of awesome people, decent job, great benefits, great perks, you know, a lot of good stuff about it. It definitely wasn't what my heart was calling me to. And I thought, I'll just be here for a year or two. I'll get some bills paid off and, you know, I'm out to go do something else. That didn't exactly happen that way. Seven years into that position, I was still there. And at that time, I had the opportunity to go live in Nairobi, Kenya, to work on a fellowship with AIDS and HIV work. So being over there for a number of months gave me the opportunity to really step back from my day-to-day routines and existence and say, okay... Kinnis, what do you actually want to do? Like, what is the purpose here? Because it's certainly not that. It's not sitting in a cubicle doing paperwork that really anyone else could do. So by the time I was leaving from Nairobi, you too will love this story because it is law of attraction, like on sparkles. Mm -hmm. I had determined, okay, when I get back to the US, I'm going to give myself one year from that date to start a business as a coach. Also go back to grad school for writing because, again, to seek out my passions. And during that time frame, I'll kind of ramp down my corporate world and I'll ramp up the entrepreneurial world. Literally two days before I leave from Nairobi, there's this huge announcement. Oh, you're going to be laid off. And I'm like, that's awesome (laughs) because I was already (laughs) intending to leave. But get this. It's so distinct. This is how the universe is just like... Yep. They said, oh, you'll have about a year to transfer your projects, get everything cleaned up, and then you can decide, do you want to relocate with the company or do you want to take a severance? And you're wow. and I'm like, wow. yes, please. Are you serious? Oh, you can't design <laughs> I mean, a your guides are menu. badass in this yeah, area. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, this like, I mean, it was all written down to the T in my journal, and then it just happened that way. Wow. So I thought... Wow this is going to be amazing. I'm going out guns blazing. I'm ready to be a millionaire by you know tomorrow and just so, <laughs> so jazzed to help people in a variety of ways. Yeah. I moved across the country at that time to Portland, Oregon. So I was in the Pacific Northwest. Love that yes. space. 
And then, and then, this was also kind of around the time where The Secret was coming out. So everybody was Law of Attraction Central at that time. I'm like, I'm a positive person. I'm an optimist. This is going to be amazing. Let's rock. (laughs) Then within two years, I had been evicted from the apartment that I was living in. Uh, My home that I still owned in Michigan was foreclosed. I was living out of my teensy tiny little one room office. And the year after that, I filed for bankruptcy because I didn't Mm. have enough money to even eat at that time. You two will know in Oregon, there is no sales tax. So I was literally surviving on the dollar menu from Jack in the Box, which was across the street from where I was staying. So it didn't work out so great. Then... (laughs) I realized, oh, there's a little more to the law of attraction than just thinking the positive thoughts right. and yeah, the vibes and all that yeah. stuff. Like that's part of the process, but it is a whole process, which I didn't really know that much about at the time. So I dove into learning everything I could about business, marketing, sales, et cetera. And what is still odd to me now is that's a lot of what I teach today <laughs> because mm. at the time I didn't know a thing about it. Didn't even like it, to be quite honest with you, yeah. but was able to build and grow, build and grow, build and grow. In the meantime, met this man who would become my husband and also was developing this business. Well, he and I eventually combined in business. We got married. Like everything was amazing. We really had a successful run of it. And then in 2019, he ended up passing away from a freak accident. Just, you know, he was fine and then not. So I think the theme of my story is getting back up and starting again, because I've had to do that now multiple times, whether it was a financial situation, a relationship situation, whatever it may have been. But it's like, you just have to keep going. Like, that's what I have done and what I will continue to do. And that's always going to be my message to anybody else is you just need to get back up and keep going toward mm. that dream that you have. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that message. Oh my gosh. Okay. So listen, started with a sparkly LOA experience and then you've gone <laughs> yeah, through some to- really challenging, hard, heartfelt times. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about all of that, but I'm curious where you sit today and as you coach others and, and you do your work today, is there clarity for you around your resilience and where that comes from? What, where does the get back up time and time again come from? Yeah, I think it's, it's twofold, and that's a great question. Part of it, I think, is, is just an innate thing. It's the way that I am because I always have yeah. been that way. I'm overly right. optimistic. Obviously, when I was starting my business, I'm like, I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. Like, this is great. There was way too much optimism in that. But yeah. in the bigger picture in the longer term, the optimism has served me. So I think that there is a a bit of innate tenacity, just kind of like, yo, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to show you all, you know, all those people who didn't believe I could do it or whatever, like I will show you. So just, just be patient and watch. So there is that, but I think the more important part, because this can be true for everybody, regardless of if you have tenacity or not, And that is the work that I've done on looking at heart intelligence, because the heart is ultimately the source of our courage. It's the source. It's where the the soul and the spirit reside. And having done the work to figure that out for myself first, because I was like the brainiac kid that actually did terrible in school because I just didn't care. And I was always reading, always very, very intellectual, very logical, very rational. And I had to learn for myself first and foremost. Oh, that doesn't really work when you 
get into relationships or in, in any way in life, quite honestly. And so I did that first and foremost for me. And then I was able to translate that. Okay, no, this is why it's important for y'all out there who are, you know, stuck in your heads and just going with all of that monkey mind chatter. Here's another way to do it. And having done that work myself for so many years, I credit that with how I could get through, especially my husband's death, because that was much more recent than the, the bankruptcy and all that financial stuff. So in, a, in an odd way, this is going to be a very strange thing to say, but in an odd way, I felt so much stronger going through the experience mm. of him passing than I had, you know, a decade prior, just because I myself was, was stronger and more resilient. Of course. That makes so much sense. Really I think, uh, you know, when I was researching you and we've been listening to your podcast, one of the things that really resonated with me, I mean, since I have disclosed that I was an accountant, okay, like one of the things that resonated with me was this, and it's not just with me and accounting, right. I make that as a joke, but this, this kind of leading from your head. And what I really love about your work is you, you, and and you started from that point too, mm -hmm. is what I think, you know, what you're saying is you started with leading with your head, being an intellectual, and then you were able to understand that there is a mm. leading from the heart. I mm -hmm. mean, through your book and, yeah. you know, all the work that you do, I think is like you, you somehow connected that yeah. together. Great. And I think, I mean, I feel like our society still is, you know, a head-based left-brained mm -hmm you know, society that really puts the dollar on yep. and the value on that intellectual, whatever that is, and not so much yes. in the heart. And especially so, in leadership, especially, yes, yeah, especially in leadership. Although it's, it's stupid because you'd be more successful if yeah, you connected, like she's suggesting. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. how do you go about, I mean, I'm going to get to it. Yeah. I, I figured, Here, I, I figured I, I, this, we're, we're, this is going to be early. This is going to be early in the, yeah, normally it's a good in the 30, 45 seconds. Keep going. Yes. No, we're going to get to the question now already. I mean, how did you, how did you connect the two? And it was, was it your beautiful partnership with your husband that helped you connect that? Or how, yeah. how, how does one go about doing that? Um, and what's your advice to our audience on that? Yeah. Well, they say that one of the longest journeys that you possibly could take is from the head to the heart, because there's such mm. a disconnect as you spoke to in our society that people are just walking around as, you know, as if they were just the head, not connected to their body, not connected to their dreams, their hopes, their desire, yeah. all of these things. And there is both the physical element of that connection to the body and, of course, the, the spiritual or etheric aspect of that. And for me, it's, it's really, I can't say that it's one thing. Yes, the connection between me and my husband was, my, my friends call it, you know, one for the books. Like it was a, mm. an amazing, amazing experience. We had such a powerful relationship, but he and I both agreed that we even said this in our wedding vows. We said, if this ceases to be a growth experience for yes. either of us, we're out. You know, yeah. we don't need to stick with this if this isn't for our best, for our greatest potential, which is what we both wanted. So yes, so much about uh -huh. that, yeah. but also you can't ever fully not do the work yourself. You know, so it's never just about someone else someone or even else, a partnership. Yeah. It has to be your own journey because that's really the only one that you have control over. You are in charge of your responses, your reactions, your everything. And really the biggest distinction between head and heart 
is that space where you come from. So are you coming from fear or doubt or insecurity or any of that crap that lives up Mm -hmm. in the head? Or are you coming from the perspective of love and courage and peace and calm and strength and devotion, all these other lovely things Mm -hmm. that reside here? And a lot of people will say, well, I don't, I don't have the strength. I don't have the courage. I'm like, actually, it's in there. there. <laughs> you just might yeah. need to dig it up and you know dust it off a little bit, but you already do have it. So that part is is ingrained within you already. And then it's just recognizing how do I come from that perspective as opposed to the head perspective. Mm. Is that what you teach in your retreats? Is that a big part of that curriculum? Is helping people because we talk about this. We all talk the about time. it a lot. Yeah, Gina's always like, I, I don't feel know disconnected. What's going on. I feel disconnected. And for me, growing up, uh, I mean, it's it's a continual work and process, but I, I'm like, I would say, Gina, how do I feel right now? Should I be mad? Okay. Like I'm not like, I'm a spiritual bypasser. I'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. Whatever happens, Mm -hmm. I'm great. You know? And, um, because I need to be positive. Yeah. And and you need to be fine and tough and like, you got it all together. Yeah. I am great. You know? And so we've, we talk about this all the time and it's not, it's, it is, it is something that I feel it's helpful to have a coach or somebody to yeah. help you assess yeah. that. Don't, what are your thoughts on that? Is that what you teach in your retreats? It, yeah, it's part of it. It's kind of twofold because mm-hmm. one part I've had people come to this retreat and they will say like, Mindy, you know, my, my heart isn't even on, or I don't even have one. Like, yeah, exactly. that come no, I do know. Like, I do know. Yes. Yeah, okay. no, I so, totally get that. Yeah, I get it. You get yeah. that. And so part of the retreat is I have what I call the four keys in other ways, in other words, ways to unlock your heart. So four different things that you can focus on practices that they can do to just get in there and just see what's going on. You know, it's an exploration mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Me, it's all about the adventure. So the second part then is really, what is your purpose? What is your reason for being? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. So once you get in and you can unlock that and actually maybe listen even to what it's guiding you toward, as opposed to the head stuff, then it's like, well, okay, you know, what do I want to do with my life? And then the whole concept of heart path, the reason I created it is that I believe that your heart Mm -hmm. is always guiding you. A lot of people have it you know, they're tuned to a different station, so they can't even hear what it's saying, but it's always guiding you. And on top of that, every piece of the puzzle along that pathway, along that journey is for your greatest good to ultimately contribute to whatever you are supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So there'll be some parts that suck and some parts that are awesome, but all of it you've grown through, you've learned through, you've taken that experience and been able to now say, oh, this is the culmination of why I am here. This is like, and I am so on purpose. I know what I'm here to do. And also, by the way, like how to then go do it with business growth and all of that stuff, because that's the part I didn't have at the beginning. Right. But yeah. it's really about looking at like truly your reason for being, what is the purpose of your life? And then activating the crap out of it to just be like, let's go. Like life right. is short, as I know, because like I said, my husband was fine one day and then not here the next day. Like you need to take the time that you have and do something so on purpose with it. 
Mm. I love that. I was going to ask about, you know, purpose and so many people are searching for their purpose. And, and, you know, you have some people that come into this world, my son, he was always into music. And so he, we knew, we didn't know exactly what that path would be, but we knew like, that's his thing. And then, you know, there's others that come in. I was always searching and we get a lot of those questions. How do you know what your purpose is? So by what you're saying is this engaging in your heart is the path to your purpose. And it doesn't ha- mean necessarily an occupation, right. does it? Or it could just mean, the es- is it the essence of uh, when your workshop participants come out of there, do they, do they, are they able to really distinguish the path? The what? Yes. The yeah. what? Yes. And that's yeah. the key is there is clarity okay. in the heart when there's just cloudiness in the head. Like there, it's such a different paradigm. I've had one person, I'm just thinking about one testimonial video that I have on my site. Mm-hmm. She says like this weekend was a paradigm shift for me because that's literally what I'm teaching mm-hmm. them to do is like, stop thinking with this because that's not really getting you anywhere. Yeah. Yes. It can yeah. get you some stuff in the outside world. You can get the right job, the right, whatever. But in my case, like prior to my husband, everybody that I dated was a perfectly nice guy. And like all the boxes could have been checked. Yeah. Right. But really I wasn't Mm. that it wasn't like the right fit person for me. So it's like, you have to go beyond the checking the boxes to really be able to activate your life purpose and Mm. to then creatively express why you're here. Mm. So, and you can say no, to you know any part of this this question, oh, but, I'm happy to uh, talk about anything. But just wanted to spend a little time on the passing of your husband and Sean. Yeah. And you know, you t- you said earlier that you know you were so much stronger than you were in that crisis of your life versus you know the ten years prior with you know the financial challenges. And yet, I would think that his passing is such a much bigger impact to your heart and your life than. A financial, I mean, that's impactful too, but exactly. much bigger. So I'm, I'm just curious, you know, you know, on our podcast, we talk a lot about guides and angels and things, you know, people and, you know, that the, the soul lives on and our philosophy soul lives on. And so I'm just sort of curious kind of where, what you have learned from that for yourself in terms of heart, spirit, what you know about yourself that would be um, really helpful for our audience to hear. Yeah. One of the things that, and I talk about this at heart path, but it totally relates to your question mm. is I talk about how you hold on to anything in life. Now that mm. could be a person, a relationship, it could be a job, it could be whatever, anything. Mm. And there's two ways essentially to hold on to something. There's mm. either this way, which is like a chokehold, you know, just mm-hmm. cutting off the life force of that. That's one way to hold. And a lot of people do because they're mm-hmm. scared to let go and they want that mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Or you could just open up your palms and go palms up and hold something like this. Mm-hmm. And with our relationship w- with each other in our love and our romance, we held it like that too. Both of mm-hmm. us thought, you know what, if there's ever a time where one of us wants to go for whatever reason, let the other help pack the bags, right? Like we are not holding on to this thing as like, you have to be with me because that's not love. 
That is even close mm. to love. That's codependency. That's something else. And it comes back to that in, in his life and in his death. Uh, for those of your audience that don't know, he had a very severe disability. So he was in a wheelchair. He was very short stature. Mm. He had osteogenesis imperfecta, which is brittle bone disorder. And there were many conversations over the years where after he had had an injury or some something happened physically, because he we were in the emergency room often, you know, there's always something, not always, but a lot of the times going on. And I remember five years prior to his death, he actually had a very similar accident to the one that, that ended his life. Yeah. His wheelchair had flipped over and he had hit his head and it was a big, big deal. We were in the trauma unit for many, many days. And as he was recovering from that one, I remember him saying, I still remember we were driving down the 101 in Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. And I had told him, I'm like, babe, when you're ready to go, I want you to do that. Like, I want mm -hmm. you to know that I am okay with you going because I know this is hard. Hard. I know That's it is challenging yeah. for you. Like, I know yeah. how difficult it is because I watched him have to yeah. go through that recovery and just yeah. and be so frustrated with things that he had gained independence on and then suddenly right. he didn't have it again. Like that sucks. And I'm, I'm, if there's one thing so that I'm limited already, right? Yeah, so exactly. Already. Like if yeah. there's one yeah. thing that I am so passionate about for people, it is their independence and their yes. freedom. So, yes. I mean, go figure that he like chose me as someone that could, you know, yeah. uh, excite, be excited about all of that for him. But I was like, just know that. Mm. And then when he did pass, it was that same experience to me of just opening up my hands and being like, in in an odd way, I am I am happy for him, right? Because he's apart from that suffering and that struggle and that frustration and all the crap of the physical body. And yes, I think about him every single day. You know, you mentioned yeah. guides and spirits and whatever, and I've had crazy experiences with like have. some weird bird showing up. I mean, just all kinds of things. It doesn't I feel like he would play games. He with would you. totally mess I, with you. I, I can feel tell. like he'd like do funny, yes. dirty jokes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the dirty. I mean, I'm sure if he could, he would. Yeah. <laughs> if he could, he's he learning. He's practicing. He's I practicing. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. That's, That's you know, he, I, I feel like you guys are a powerhouse couple and you started mm -hmm. the, your podcast, the, the Lucre Life podcast together, which is beautiful. And I love that. I feel like, you know, you guys talked about money in yeah. such a way that I think you got some shit. This is another reason why you guys are both badass bosses. Um, and, and yeah. unapologetically, which we don't apologize either, Gina. I mean, like, nope. listen, let's plop the million down there. I'm fine with it. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. and I don't, I want everybody to have it yeah. too. Like let's, yeah. let's, let's, there's, there's no limitation. You're here. not taking away from others. You want to like everybody but, to win. Yep. Like, so how, how did you guys, You've obviously had some amazing guests on there, and, and, but how did you kind of overcome that? How did you blaze through that and become so, so successful with your podcast? You know, it, we had, as much as we were in alignment with a lot of our belief systems, we also had very distinct uh, backgrounds and mm -hmm. different yeah. beliefs. And I don't know if you've heard these specific episodes, but I just remember him saying, you know, whereas I would have earlier on been much more hesitant to talk about money or even to put my big dreams and hopes out there. He was like, he wasn't, yo, I don't yeah. have time for that. <laughs> He's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he always knew that he wouldn't have a long extended life. And so he was just like, Hey, I want to make all the money I can right now. And I am not going to hesitate in doing this. That being said, he did have some steps along the way where he had to get through. And I think 
most of us do. I'll give you one example. He was charging whatever he was charging for a a one-on-one consultation way back in the day. And it was something great. It was like $500 or something, which compared to what he was charging later was, you know, minimal. And the person that he was on the phone with, I don't know if the phone cut out for a second or what happened. And the guy says to him, Oh, 5,000. And Sean was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he goes, no problem. Where should I send the money? And Sean was like, what? Like I only charge $500 and this guy's paying me 5,000. So like it does happen to all of us, those steps along the way. And it's always exciting when it does, but then you grow into it because your world has evolved. Your consciousness, your wealth consciousness has evolved. It's gotten bigger. So then your container that you can accept stuff into becomes bigger and then it becomes the norm. And then you're ready for the next step. Oh, I love that. And I do think that like I heard that, you know, he was always making money from when he was a kid. Even like, young. He was, yeah. He was yeah. laserly focused. And maybe you're right. It's like, I don't have time to waste. So I'm not messing yeah. around here. But I mean, like, how, how do you get to a million dollars? Like, yeah. how, what is that mindset? And I, one of the things that I thought was controversial that you said, and I scratched my head on this one coming from Tacoma, Washington. Uh-huh. Just you're going to know what I said, Gina. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Surround yourself with people who have money. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good oh, luck yeah. on that. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. anyway, so and then yep. you guys talked about that as being one of the things. So maybe you can just talk to like, how do we get our mindset around? I didn't start, you know, um, babysitting or, you know, when I was young and making money and, oh, you know, yep. books on tape when I was little and all the things that that um, yeah. some kids are just more lazily focused on, but we're still lazily focused on having a, a, a you know, a yeah. good, comfortable life that we can share with other people. And yeah. that means you need to have some abundance, not just in money, but yeah. specifically we're talking about money right yeah, now. Right. For sure. Yeah. It's so true. What you're speaking about, you know, I definitely had that experience. When, actually, Sean and I had a conversation about it because when he and I first met, and I was still in my money struggle mm-hmm. experience, like big time. He said to me, or, or no, it was, I said to him, I was like, well, Sean, nobody in Portland has money. Yeah. Because to me, to my little, little tiny right. microcosm of the universe, I was in grad school. We were all starving writers. And like, yeah. that was cool, right? Like you weren't supposed right. to have money as right. a writer because then you were going to ruin your creative artistry and what are you going to write about right exactly like we had (laughs) to struggle we had to go through it and so I said to him you know nobody in Portland has any money and he just in his typical way he would be like Mindy Brendan Burchard lives in Portland I'm Mm -hmm. like oh well maybe he has money but nobody I know (laughs) what I realized from that experience is like that is my story that is and is it even true no (laughs) it's not true so first of all not true. Second of all, can I change my story? If it's just my version of this reality, can I change it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and Holly, to your point, I've had so many people say things like, well, I don't, I don't know any millionaires or I don't know those people or like, I'm not friends with them. Like you are Mitty. Well, you know what you do have access to books and people mm-hmm. write down their thoughts and their observations and all of that stuff in books. So even if you can't afford to buy the book, you could go to the library, you could go to the Google, mm-hmm. figure out these people and really get to know how they think. Because one of it, a huge aspect of yeah. just psychological change is modeling somebody that has mm-hmm. done the things that you want to do or that is the way that you want to become. So if you can get their inside 
workings, if you can understand how they think, why they do what they do, not just what they do, but like what is the thought process behind it, that then you can start to implement in your own life. And you can get that literally from reading a book by whomever you want to use as your you know, model type person. Hey, everyone. We're so excited to share with you a special gift for being our subscriber. Please head over to LOA Uncorked and get your own free badassery toolkit. What is that? You might be asking yourself. Well, it's seriously very cool. It will give you your own badassery alias, your life superpower, your kryptonite, and those things about you that you should just own with swagger. And we're excited to give this to you. Head on over to LOA Uncorked and get your free badassery toolkit. Well, and that's the one thing, you know, that that we have been experiencing because we're corporate girls as well. And without that structure, you know, when you're doing something on, entrepreneurial or, the, you know, there's, there's, like I said, not a framework for it. So by by doing exactly whether you find people, you know, people, or whether you can read books or um, investigate, do the Google, the Google knows, they knows a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. It gives you some framework to work from, you know, it, it does give you the breadcrumbs that, you know, a corporate structure provides, uh, not the assurance of a corporate structure in terms of, you know, regular paycheck and that kind of thing, but it does provide you some roadmap because very few people have a great I think this will change in 20 years. I think this will be a completely different statement, but I think our vintage anyway, there weren't a lot of entrepreneurial people, the people that I knew, family, friends, and our family, there weren't a lot of really entrepreneurial people that's making their way that way and being successful that way. So I do think that's a great way, you know, we all kind of will do better with some breadcrumbs and some, some good modeling of what it looks like. Uh, I really think, great example. I think so, Gina. And yeah. I think that's brilliant, Mindy, because, well, it is just brilliant. Yeah. And I'm going to pull that back to what I know from very highly successful CEOs mm-hmm. and Fortune 500 mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, most of them are men, but it's not entirely true anymore. But they always have other successful Fortune 500 as mentors. Yeah. I mean, literally, I mean, they go and meet with them and this is a normal occurrence. And you, you hear a lot of stories. I listen to a lot of podcasts with a lot of stories Mm -hmm. of people, uh, male, female, all, all kinds of people rising up. And that, that is one of those things that I hear time and time again, there's like mentors. So what you're suggesting Mindy, and what I wanted to pause on is that you don't have to have that Fortune 500 mentor. You can use the resources. We have a lot of resources, and a lot of them aren't mm-hmm. aren't expensive. You mm-hmm. can do that on your own and achieve the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great if you do have that person. That's awesome. Yes. I was just as you were talking about that, I'm thinking my mentor. It's always great to have someone who is who one believes in you, you know, recognizes yeah. something in you and is is willing to support you and and work with you, but also can just show you the possibility. So I had my mentor on one of my programs for my my customers, and we were talking about how he sold like ninety million dollars of courses. Now to me, like wow. I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> like I've not That's sold ninety lot. million dollars of that courses. Seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but he also has a lot of time, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But 
it, it always is pushing me to the next level, showing right. me what's possible. So having that person, you know, like I said, if they are in your life, that's fantastic and tons of gratitude for that. But you can certainly start without that. Mm, absolutely. And that's a big part of manifesting mm-hmm. too, is changing your own story. And, and honestly, having a real life example yeah. actually helps you shift it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. What have you found, Mindy, in, in the work that you've been doing? And we didn't even list, you know, she's got a master's of fine arts. She's a PhD. I mean, she's won an honor for her, her um, humanitarian work. I mean, She's an actress. Like I, I don't, I don't know when you sleep. Uh, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> I sleep I mean, a lot. Let's let's just be clear. I sleep so much. Sleep is like a high priority to me. It's a, it's I impressive. Like it. yeah, the the organization you've built. Um, empire, but also all, empire. 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 Thank you. Yes, empire. You have the to Lucre rebrand empire. all of that. Yeah, the Lucra Empire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious what you know if you were to think on all of the work that you've done and all the people you've coached and worked with. You know, what would you say that the top one, two, three, whatever you'd like to share, limiting beliefs of people consistently are? Oh, goodness. There's so many. (laughs) Uh, Is there like, is there like a theme or like one that pops out the most? Yeah. One of the things that I hear all the time is having too many ideas. Too many oh, pathways, oh, too many yes. options. Like what this should might I apply do? to you, Holly? Yes. <laughs> like, Holly's I, always I love got this a ton. and I yeah. want to do this and I want to yeah. do that. And and yeah. what? Like uh, yeah. too many, too many choices, which then just leads to paralysis, you know, of the analysis. Yeah. Like it just doesn't help. So one of the things I always recommend to anybody that's experiencing that is just pick something. Pick mm. something and begin mm-hmm. that process. Now, as you work forward in that you then will have a different perspective from where you are now, right? So you may see things differently at that time. You may be able to say, this isn't not really what I want to do. I want to go that way or I want to do this other thing. That's fine. You wouldn't have known that though from your stuck point of where you are now. So indecision is a huge limiting belief, like too many choices, too many things. I'm like, just pick something, move forward and then course correct from there. No problem. Another one is the imposter syndrome. In other words, who am I? Who am I to be able to teach Mm -hmm. this? Who am I to be able to talk about this? Who am I? It's a good one. Any of this stuff. And I'm like, who are you not to? Yeah. Who are you not to? Because you have made it through something, whatever that something is, whether it's an experience that you had or something that you learned, whatever, you've made it through something that other people are currently right now struggling to get through. You right. then become the shining light at the end of the tunnel saying, this is possible. I had that experience after Sean passed away because I would look to other people that had lost a spouse and then, then gone on to either write a memoir about it or do something. And they just continued eventually to live their life and do their things. And I'm like, I know this can be done. Right. So yeah. looking at that. So when, you know, getting over your imposter syndrome is huge because People always are comparing themselves against people they see as higher or further along than them. I'm like, no, turn around and look back to where you were. (laughs) You have come such a far away. And those people who need your help, they're back there. Like they're still on that earlier part of the journey. So you actually are way advanced compared to those people that would be your customer. Mm. No, I, I, it's a big one though. It's it a is big a big one. one. I understand yeah. that one too. I understand all of them actually. <laughs> no, yes, yes, yes. So you've had some amazing guests on your podcast. What, 
Did any, did you hear any advice or something that really took you and gave you the mm. biggest aha moment? I'll tell you the one that ruined my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Okay. I want to yeah. make sure I hit that episode. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Right. Yes. For and sure. I, I have told him this before. So Chris Voss, he is a well-known yeah. FBI negotiator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he uh -huh. wrote a great book called Never Split the Difference. He's yep. a great guy, dear yeah. friend. He's on and Fireside too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He <laughs> he said on our show, he said, you will never rise to the occasion. You will fall to your level of training. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm amazing at rising to the occasion. Like I like I said earlier, I'm a huge optimist. Sometimes I'm overly confident in that. But he's right. Like you fall to the level of your training. So being able to, mm. now this does not come naturally to me, just to be clear, <laughs> being able to be methodical and get your reps in on whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's creating content or coaching mm -hmm. somebody or making a podcast, whatever, getting your reps in, then when something happens, you will fall to the level of your training. You will not rise to the occasion. I was like, Chris, I hate that, but it's true. <laughs> Well, that is a negative way to say it. Okay. It is. It is a negative way to I'm say like, it. Okay, That's just like an FBI person well, might say. Know, yes, yes, right? yes. Okay, like just interrogate me, huh, Chris? Okay, so yeah, well, it's kind of like the the 10,000 hours of, mm -hmm. you know, like do your reps is, you know, yeah. do, put your time put in. Put your time in. Yep. Learn. Yeah, be ready. No, I, yeah. I get that. But I do think we can rise to the king. Uh, we can pray and rise to the occasion. Right. I know, I'm like, I think yeah. I do a pretty decent job at that. I think so. I, for I sure. Also, I also I, believe that he's correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I'll, well we're getting our reps in with getting, Mindy yes, today. We are. <laughs> we She's teaching that. us a, a thing or two or 44 things, whatever. Yes. No, fantastic. You, you talk a little bit about like to grow your business, you, you, you need to be a world-class human. Yeah. You You're human. What do you Such mean by that? What's, what's, what, what's, what's Mindy's uh, definition of that world-class human? Yeah. So if you seek anything that is externalist to yourself, that is your business, whatever else it might be, that ultimately is not going to be that satisfying. What's going to be most satisfying is something that is internal to you. Mm -hmm. So in the process of growing that thing out there, whatever, a relationship, a business, et cetera, you absolutely have to do the work internally. I think 80 to 90% of this whole game is the inside job. It's not all the exterior right. stuff that we end up doing, the busy work and all that stuff. It's the inner work because only when you do that, can you actually then come to a place where one, you recognize that you deserve that outside success? Because how many people do we know that have the outside success and they are miserable inside? Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not in alignment with them. So you have to figure that out for yourself. And by growing yourself, like who's the one who's responsible for the business? It's you. It's only you. So you have to grow yourself to be able to grow your business. So I actually use that phrase in everything that I'm teaching. I'm like, if you want to be a world-class coach, you need to become a world-class human first. Mm. If you want to become a world-class trader, which I now teach trading, which is so like random, but I love that too. Love that. So you have to be a world-class human first, anything, speaker, business person, et cetera, here is the biggest work that you have, like of all of the various tasks that you need to do. Mm. 
I love that. I think your your podcast really yeah. showcases that too. It's not just about money. It's For really sure. about, you know, connecting well in your book, connecting the heart with the yeah. the mind with the heart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so you've written a best-selling book. Can you talk a little bit more about the book and maybe what what your intent or goal or or hope for that body of work was? Sure. It actually was kind of a, a random thing that I did because when I was writing my dissertation, I did a lot of research on heart intelligence and all of that, the consciousness of the heart. And the book essentially was just a, a modified, shortened up version of okay. that research that I did. So really, I just want to put that information out there because yeah. everything is about mindset, mindset, mindset. And yes, that is crucially important, but it's not the only piece of the puzzle that needs to fit in to have this abundant and just really honestly exciting life. So I want to further promote that. Mm. I'm actually working, the book I'm currently working on is called Heart Path based on the retreat and the teachings there. So that's going to be more like, there was a lot of science in that first book and just some of the details around the research and that kind of stuff. So it may or may not appeal to a lot of people that you know, they might not care, but heart path is more about how to then integrate all of that stuff into actual life and and live it so that you are experiencing it on a day to day to day basis. Wonderful. What's your PhD? What was your PhD in? It's in metaphysics. Metaphysics. Oh my gosh. I I love love that. Incredible. Yes. Yeah. Mindy has inspired me. Okay. All right. I need to rebrand something. See, this is why the list of things that she's super interested in is long. Yes. Very long. Okay. So as Mindy was talking, uh-huh. I got a picture of a heart by her head okay? yeah, uh-huh. and it was beating. And I thought we need to rebrand mindfulness to heartfulness. Oh, because you're right. I knew she'd like it. Yeah, See? you're right. Because we're all in our head yeah, about oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no, no. Pause right there. Oh, Holly, you're right. You're right. God dang it. I, I hate when I, you're right. I, know, I hate gonna, when you're right because then I'll never hear out. the end of it. I know. I'm going to take it out of the recording and send it to you every day. You know, the MP4 <laughs> file. So every day you get it. You little think audio I'm, message every yeah, morning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Gee, Holly, you're right. Okay. Anyway, I love, I yeah, mean, I love the idea brilliant. of mindfulness, but I think it's heartfulness. That is yeah. what we're trying to do is we're trying to get in our heart with our mindfulness. Well, even mind, mean, we call it what it is. It is that. Yeah. I talk it a lot that. about, you know, yeah. mindset and then, but there's also heart set. There's also soul set. It's like, okay. where, where is this space that you were coming from in all of those various things? And if you're just focused on the brain, like I said earlier, that's one piece of the puzzle, but you're missing out on a whole lot of other stuff. Right. I, I would assume that people that are, are very brain focused aren't leading the most joyous life that they can Correct. because you're not connected in the way that your heart, pa- I'm going to use your words and your heart path is guiding you to. Yeah. So you do things out of duty. I understand this because I've done this my whole life. Like I do things out of duty and structure and, you know, the, the things that make sense versus yeah whatever is calling to you. Yeah. You, you know, you quiet that down. You don't do your heartfulness, Gina. No, I know. Well, it's interesting because, you know, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. This has been a big, big body of work for me over the last, and it's been going on for a long time, but I finally was able to like articulate it and see it and it was impacting me. Like, and I probably didn't realize how bad it has been for a long time, but this, just, I say I'm, my head doesn't feel like it's connected to my body. Like there's a, there's been a disconnect and I still have lots of feelings. I'm still empathetic, but as I've been working through it, 
you know, one of the questions I was asked was like, so where do you feel things? Like what's in your heart? I can't, I don't feel things there. I don't. Mm. You need to find one of her four keys. I know. I need. I need keys. I need. <laughs> I need. Maybe all four of them. I might need. I might need four. I might need four. I might need five. I might need seven. She, I'm not sure. I mean, she may need to get a whole. She other might have to come up key. with a new key. Yeah, but, I know. Right. But I uh, to lock this cold HR heart of mine. Um, I. Uh, she was the director of it. She is the director of yeah, HR. Yeah. So I like well. Cold. When I heart. feel something, I feel it in my head. Like it's a thought I have about how that feels. It's not a physical feeling. Well, then that can't be a feeling. Is that a feeling, Mindy? Yeah, I'm asking. The, that oh, was that, my I'm question. Sorry. That was Did exactly I, my oh, question. Okay, well, I'm glad I took it no, out No, that was as good. Okay. Yes, yes. Can you feel with your head? <laughs> it depends on your definition of feel. I, I don't right. want people who are all about the semantics and everything to be like, oh, so, but yes or no or whatever. Here's what it comes down to is always what are you experiencing right. and just noticing what you're noticing and yeah. I would suggest that if you do more and more of that practice of just tuning yeah. into yourself, because I'll give you an example. Uh, there is a woman who has come back to heart path. I don't know, maybe three or four different years. And the very first time I do this meditation with them, bring them, you know, out of their head into their heart. At least that's my intention. And then I ask them to share their experiences. And she said the first year she was like, yeah, I got nothing blackness, nothing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like that, that's cool. Like if yeah. that is where you are at and that's what you're experiencing. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. And then every year subsequently that she was back, it, it transformed so much more oh. beyond that so that she now I would say, and I think she would say this too, is that she is able to truly connect in and understand yeah. and, and feel truly, not just the thought about the feeling, but the actual experience right. in it. Feeling it. Yeah. I yeah. love that. It was like a lotus flower. Every petal yeah. would come out every time she'd go to your retreat. And yeah. then it was just a bloom flower. It's a bloom. I, I look to be a bloom, bloom flower someday. A bloom lotus flower. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But yeah, no, it's it is. It's it's so fascinating. I mean, and I I I hope I don't come across as some heartless person because no, I don't. don't feel that way at all. I mean, I but it's interesting that I didn't realize it for so long. You know, it is, we, we, we get in this very, you know, focused sort of way of doing our life that you sometimes don't even realize how far, how far you're straying from you, right? Gina, like I have a great story yeah. to illustrate exactly Please. what you are talking about. Okay. So Please. this was way back before I knew any of this stuff and this, I was in corporate America at the time and I had this huge, just significant pain in my neck so much so that I ended up missing work for a few days. And I'm like, what is going on? I've never had any problems like this. So I end up going to a chiropractor. They take all the x-rays, they do all the things. <laughs> they were basically laughing at me by the end. They were like, Mindy, there's a good reason that your neck is in so much pain right now because your head is too far forward from your body. So to me, it, physically manifested that I was living head first. Like, oh my gosh. You know, right. Like it shows up in the body. Wow. And then I was like, wait, are you serious? Yeah. Are you like, what? So I had to recognize that even my physical self was now emulating how I was wow. being and it was then causing me pain. Now, why does that happen? I think the universe is like, hello. Yeah. You know, it probably showed me a million other more subtle examples of that, but I was either not paying attention or just didn't want to know or whatever until it was uh, like, you actually can't 
physically go to work because you're in so much pain. Finally got through my thick skull to get my yep. attention. And then it was like, oh, oh okay. That's a beautiful Fascinating. story. Yeah, no Dismiss doubt. Dismiss nothing. Okay, because I was nothing. always like that too. And now I'm like, I will analyze everything. And if I, it, if there's anything repeating, I'll be like, okay, I need to take notice. Okay, mm-hmm. Even subtle repeating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I call that a nudge. Like it's yeah. like the universe nudging you and it starts mm-hmm. really, really small. And then if you don't do anything about it or you're just not open to it, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger yep. until it's like, you know. So you yeah, cannot ignore it. Yeah, you cannot ignore it any longer. Exactly. Right? I love yeah. that. I love that. It's okay, fantastic. See, see how many reasons why I love her? I know. They're growing. I know. And I do want all of our listeners to go listen to the accounting episode. I want that to be the hottest episode they've ever created. <laughs> Ooh, Better than Holly, Chris Boss. I have to tell you about my accountant, though, because you brought this up. You Is will- he single? <laughs> he is oh hmm. but more 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 importantly more importantly no there's nothing more I... important than that at this point the accountant single right at the same top they're top billers for holly he, yes. he is a stud but mm. let me tell you why why he's a stud yeah. sean and i used to talk about this all the time we always felt so lucky okay. and blessed to have these type of people in our lives because he is an example so our cpa also our wealth manager like just different Fresh professional people, we end our conversations with "I love you," like "Oh, I love you guys." Oh, love you guys. see, that, that is, is my dang it. accountant. I literally just texted him about my taxes because they, you know, were recent, and I was texting mm-hmm. him about that, and he just writes back, "I love you." Oh, I, you know, it was funny because I did hear you guys talking about him. I thought, why well, nobody loves their accountant, do they? Okay. <laughs> I do. And I was like, this is so strange. I love her. Okay, I know. Like, I was like, and I'm the feeling say- is mutual. I know. I was, he loves her I, too. Yes. Yeah, that's oh, amazing. That's the best story. That is how, I mean, that's what critical about- partnerships should be so yes. in life. About yeah. Since, so yes. we're corporate girls. We've been, I've been an executive, I don't know, my whole life. And so is she. And, you know, years and years and years. And we were saying that, that we've, and of course we're doing the podcasting and we mm-hmm. said, we've never felt more supportive. So we end all of our communications with bless you, love you, hugs and kisses, whatever it XOXO, is. There's XO, always, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. always some like, I see you. And she was always saying, we don't do that in corporate mm-mm, America mm-mm. at all, but I'm happy to hear, I mean, Hang on yeah. tight to that account oh, absolutely. because that is, that is very... <laughs> Otherwise, Holly will. <laughs> I, mean, I I operated nine years as a CPA. I never told any of my clients, I love you. I'm, no. I'm afraid they would have taken it a little too far. Yeah, perhaps, okay. perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> no, right I think context. that's great though. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I do think that's how you know you're with the right people, right? Yeah. That is. I love it's that. incredible. Yourself with good people. I love that. That's a great piece of advice. Yeah. yeah. So Mindy, is there any other bit of information, anything about yourself, any other words of wisdom that you'd like to impart to our audience today? You know what I've been talking a lot with my, my members recently, the folks in my entrepreneurial group, I've been talking about the embrace or the hug and how to mm. think of your business as that. So when one of the guys this morning, I do a live uh, Q&A with them every week. One of the guys was saying, well, I kind of want to start doing this other thing, you know, like a different topic. I, I've coached on this and now I want to do this. Like, how do I integrate? What do yeah. we do with all this? 
And my, my theory is you just kind of like open up the embrace a little bit wider because all you're ever doing when you're talking to a prospect or a customer or anything like that, you're, you're inviting them into the hug that you are offering. Now that hug, it could be, you know, whatever it is, what your product is or your service, but thinking about it like an embrace and just being able to expand that embrace to encourage new people or different people to come in. I really love that concept because it's a completely different way of thinking about what we're doing here. You know, not just about making money, not just about like building my business. It's, it's truly offering something of yourself. You know, when you hug somebody, you are there, you're part of that. So it's offering something of yourself that then is so beneficial to someone else. And you're just inviting them into that fold. Oh, I love that on so many, on so many levels from that standpoint and from the fact that it's not different. It's, 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 it's inclusive. Inclusive. Mm -hmm. There's so, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I think if you're doing something that you love, you know, your clients, your work, the effort, it should feel warm. It should feel like an, it should feel like there should be that much care, I guess, Mm, in the work. Right. Um, and so, and you hope that people feel it too. And that's what keeps people in your hug versus someone else's. Right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mindy Kness, we are so happy that you're here with us today. We want to know, we'll put it all in the show notes. Where should people get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you for that. It's lucra.com. Everything is there, L-U-C-R-A.com. They can get to everything else from that one destination. Yeah, it's a fantastic website. Beautiful. Thank and you. absolutely wonderful podcast and book mm. and everything. So thank you so much for sharing yourself, your gifts. We're, it's truly a blessing. The for story us, of your sure. empire, the story of your heart, the story of your husband and Steven, your brain yeah, It's incredible. It's beautiful. So, thank, thank you. Ladies, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Here, you blessing to have you. Yeah. Take care. Bye everyone. Thank you for joining our VIP conversation. And please visit us at our website, www.loauncork.com. See you soon.